0: I don't want to take the words of that song, the sentiment of that song. I know it was a child who sang it, but it's it's a word for you, amen? It is a word for us. I even would say it's prophetic. And God, forgive us for being small-minded. Forgive us for being limited either by ourselves or by family or by culture or by anything we've seen. You can do greater. You can do more. God, forgive us. We repent of it. We close the door on how we have thought of ourselves. You know, more than one person came up to me last week and said, "I I I feel God reaching down inside me and bringing out who I am and what I am to become. And I pray this morning, we're going to conclude this dream series, this vision series. And I pray that you would give way, make room for God Almighty to reach inside you, your very spirit, and uncover, reveal His beautiful, wonderful plan. Scripture says that the plan of God is good, pleasing, and perfect. Good, pleasing, and perfect. You just avail yourself to God right now. Hand yourself in. Give yourself over. Father, we prepare ourselves this morning to do life big. Whatever we are, would you take it and magnify it? You alone can do it. We'll mess it up. But you can do it. So we surrender this day, this moment, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I wanted to do two things today, actually. I wanted to conclude the dream series that we've been looking at. This is week number six. But I also wanted to talk on finances. And as I pondered it, I realized we can do both things at the same time. Because finances are are enormously involved in your dream. For you to do whatever it is God's calling you to do or calling you to be, money is going to be part of that probably, right? And probably in a very significant way. But I I have to make myself stop this series because I could go on forever. I really, really like this topic. I love it. I think it's the heart of God that you get released into His will for you. It's His plan and it's frustrating, so frustrating to see so many lives Miss out. Eyes forward. Some things don't mix. Some things in life don't go together too well. Correct? Well, I tell you one of them. Money and ministry. It's not that they don't go together. They go together. No problem. It's all over Scripture. But what I'm saying is you need to be very careful how they go together. Right? Because many people crash on this point. Many people don't make it because of an inability or a lack of understanding of how to pursue their dream, whatever that is God's putting you, and to keep right with God when it comes to finance. Finance is a huge problem. A few weeks back, I told you I was in Glasgow, and this guy came in, and he had been waiting weeks to see me because I'd been away. And when I met him, he had been really nice until I got there. <laughs> and then he became crazy. And he started telling me about his book. I've written this book. I've written this book. I said, okay, okay, calm down. But then, I mean, really, he just went into a different spirit. And as I said, he said, he said to me, I'm going to get rich. I'm going to get rich. And he was like coming after me. And in the end, he wanted to fight me. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was, we had to call the police. But yeah, we did. I had to get him out of the building. Now, I have no doubt at some point, he may have had a dream. At some point, he may well have been saved, knowing God. God, maybe he originally got the plan from God. But I tell you what, he's way off track, correct? He's way off being. You've got to be very careful with finances and money. I mean, I get judged all the time. Last year, not this year, last year on camp. I sold an enormous number of books, man. I was it. You, I think, came up to me and you gave me a big, thick wad of notes from Sangita. She collected all that cash, absolute fortune. See, people judge me. What did I do with that money? Give it back to the church. How much of it? Every penny. I gave every single penny. Now, people, people judge. You see, they look and they judge. And they make snap judgments. You need to be very careful. The reason I do that, and I've had to do that many times. It's not that I can't receive. You come up and give me 10 grand. Believe me, I'll say hallelujah. No problem. But you've got to be very careful when I am receiving for me. And when it's separate from ministry. Did you hear that? There's a little confusion there. Be very careful of the fog there. Don't fall into that trap. There's a danger. And I react like almost knee-jerk reaction when anybody tries to do that to me. And it's happened to me not many times, but a few times, three or four times. When funds have come my way, another very similar incident with a big, big wad of notes handed to me. And I quickly got it out of my possession because you're, you're getting into dangerous territory. I have a dream to fulfill. And believe me, you're not going to buy it. Remember in the book of Acts when they saw Peter performing miracles. And they came up and they offered him money, remember? What what was his reply? His reply was so severe. May your money perish with you. That's strong. But you can see the reaction, right? I have no doubt that Peter would have been willing to take an offering. Because they were men who lived by faith. I have no doubt. But when the finance was connected to the spirit, then you're getting into grounds that you really can't go to. I had another very, very, very wealthy man whose son was in trouble. I was helping many people at that time with a particular issue. And his son had that issue. And they rang me up and he said, Can you help my son? I said, yeah, no problem. We'll help. And as the conversation went on, He tried to gain, I guess, a bit of influence and he said, how much do you want? You know, and as soon as he says that, you know, the alarm bells go off in my head. I said, we don't want anything. He said, no, no, I'll just make a donation. No, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. We won't receive anything. So I want you to prepare yourself to have almost like two compartments in your mind. Whatever is ministry is ministry. And God's power. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. If God wants to prosper you, that's God's business. That is an entirely different thing. First scripture, and I've got a few this morning for you, but Luke chapter 16 verse 8 is a, is a terrible shame that Jesus had to say this, but he said that when it comes to finances and dealing with the world, Jesus himself said, Don't you know that the children of this world are often wiser than us? He's talking about us, right? The children of the world are often wiser than us. That's terrible. I don't want them to say that about me. I want to understand biblical principles of growth and leading a big life as we sang. And it, but they're not easy to perceive, to be honest with you. They can be a bit slippery. Okay, eyes forward. Let me give you... I want you to be a big giver. That's our point today. That's what I want to get to through this Concluding session. That you give your life away. Not just your finance. But whatever it is you are, that you maximize that and you give it. Okay? That you multiply that and you give yourself away. Like that song, right? I give myself away. And if you can imagine, what is the opposite of doing that? And let me give you a quick little illustration to show what I mean. I can go outside this building... Walk about 20 yards and I can take you to a council flat. And in that council flat, there lives a man with his wife and child. He doesn't give anything to society. He's not working. His area of influence and those he gives to are his wife and his child. Very small world. He's not happy. Because he doesn't think the government give him enough. He wants more. He's blaming, he's accusing, and yet he doesn't work. Very small influence, very small world, total money focus. All day complain about money, money the government don't pay. That's one type of life. I could take you to Chelsea and show you a 50 million pound mansion. And in that mansion, say whatever you want, in that mansion could live a man who saw people die when he was young and decided he wanted to be a doctor. And he gave his life to medicine. He wasn't focused on money. He was focused on helping. He was focused on giving. And then he developed a new heart technique and he became famous and became very wealthy. But he was never focused on that. Right? It was a byproduct. And you can go to the Chelsea, Kensington. Go where you want. And you will find that the people living in those places are generally big time givers of something. They're doing something. I'm not talking about Christian. I'm just talking in the world. The children of this world are wiser than the children of God. When people focus on money, they tend to decrease. You'll read it in a moment. But when people focus on doing good to life, just contributing to the world, some dynamic kicks in and we enter into supernatural provision. And people like that are everywhere. And I'm sorry to say, not enough Christians are like that. It's the lost who are often tap into that supernatural provision. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 24 there is one who scatters and yet he seems to increase. And there is another one who withholds yet he seems to, pro- uh, uh, seems to decrease but the, the one who's, who's, who scatters increases. Now, I want you to consider your own life. Are you a withholder or are you a scatterer? Whatever you withhold from life life will also withhold from you. Okay? Whatever you hold back, whatever you keep to yourself, life will also pull that back from you. Whatever you sow into life, this is one of the laws of the universe, life will also sow back into you. I just love the, I love the road that Jesus took when he wanted to bring you and me to this point. In Jewish writing, and in the New Testament as well, there is a thing called hyperbole. Were, or hyperbole where you're building your case and the Jews did this when they wanted to make a really important point they would kind of trick you into thinking that the point they're making is important only to build you up for a crowning point Right? so they would say in Proverbs the bear is a mighty beast but the lion is the king of the jungle so you think you're being told something just to be told something else that's more important And when Jesus wanted to talk about you and your money, guess what he did? He said this. He started, judge not. Because if you judge people, you yourself will be judged. Condemn not. Or you're going to find that you yourself are condemned. Be merciful to people. And you will find that that will come back to you. Forgive others. And you yourself will be forgiven. And then he arrives at the conclusion. What is it? Give. He comes to his crowning point, and we'll deal with that on another Sunday. About how important finance is, and I've said many times to you, I do believe that finance. We start and we finish with finance and ministry. They both they travel with you. If I I said this before, I'll say it again. If I see a man's a pastor's ministry and the ministry is decreasing, talk about his finances. Ask him about his finances. If your ministry is decreasing, you need to go back to the start, and you need to sow again. Something has gone wrong, and so it is with our lives. I honestly believe, folks, you don't have to agree, that these two things in the heart of God are linked together, finances and faith, finances and life, and that really stays with us. It's not something we move on from. So number one, principle today, very simple. How does my money affect my dream? How does my dream affect my money? Well, be careful, point one really, be careful of how you handle it. Keep it sanctified. Keep it very, very, be very sensitive in this area, I would say. But obvious principle number one, we reap what we sow. And that's often said in a negative context, but today we're looking at it only in a positive context. It's not just scripturally that we reap what we sow, but even the laws of physics, right? With the law of cause and effect. For every action in physics, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So really, if if, if I personalize that, if I really personalize that, if I don't give, who suffers? You. Think about it. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. The person I'm taking from, if I don't give, is me. I'm the one that loses out. And that is actually true for all giving. If you consider we've all been in this situation, you're walking down the street and there's a blind man and he's trying to get across the street. So you go over and say, can I help you? Right? We've all been there. And you take that guy three steps. And then you get on with your life. Who benefited? (laughs) You feel better, right? You feel better. You feel different. For this guy, someone else is going to help him in five minutes' time. And he'll just get on with his day. But for you, you actually received something better. You received something that can last if only we would walk in that correct spirit, that given spirit. So if I don't give, who do I cheat? I cheat myself, I cheat life, and I cheat others. And everyone in this room, everyone listening, you've got something to give. And it is a tragedy if you don't give it for whatever reason. If you die with that thing unveiled, unknown. So be a giver. Let it be progressive within you. And let that wisdom sink into you. What I sow, I will also reap. Yesterday, thank God for the women's meeting and thank you for your participation in it. But it's very similar. Many men will say, my wife doesn't love me. She's very cold. She's very hard. And again, I would have a textbook answer to that question because it is sowing and reaping. Men, If you walk into the bathroom with a big bright torch, okay, and you turn the torch on and you shine it in the mirror, where does the beam go? Straight back on your face, right? And you receive the light. Your wife is reflective. She's the mirror. And you are the torch. And when you shine love on that woman, she is built to automatically return that. Amen? It's true. And so when a guy says she's not loving, you're not showing love because the woman is built. If you show the woman love, she'll give you love back. If you give her a hard time, yeah. She gives back whatever you give her. Sorry, you're going to reap what you sow. Same principle, right? It's the same principle. You've got to give it to receive it. And by the way, if you don't give it, who's going to suffer? You're the one who's going to suffer. Right? So don't let that get corrupted or confused in your mind. Jesus is actually, if only we can see through the print, Jesus is actually being very practical here. He's talking to you about yourself. You're actually taking from yourself. Point number two. Just in terms, generally speaking, of sowing and reaping, of life and getting my attitude, my perspective to my life correct, Point number two, you've heard this saying, what goes around, (laughs) comes around. How true is that? Let me paint a picture for you. Imagine we have ten people in a circle here, and I put a bucket in the middle of the circle full of sweets. And I say, take a sweet and pass the bucket. And everything's going fine, and the bucket's going round, but some smart aleck (laughs) decides that they're going to keep the bucket. And they hold on to the bucket and they don't pass it on. What just happened? Think about what just happened. Well, number one, you've cut off the supply. You've cut off the supply to others that were actually part of the design, part of the plan. Number two, you can't play the game anymore. You're disqualified because you broke the rules. There only is one rule. Pass it on. That's the only rule. Very simple. You broke the only rule. So you're disqualified from the game. Now, just think further on about what's happening. You're disqualified, so you go with your bucket of sweets, and now you're outside the circle. God provides another bucket of sweets and closes the circle, and all these people have a perpetual supply, but your supply is going to fail. Correct? And that's really the point that Jesus is getting to. Get into God. Get into the circle, the given circle. Get into God. Obey Him. Follow those principles. And don't be deceived about stepping outside of that. That is not gain. That is actually loss. It's permanent loss. You've heard the saying, nature abhors a vacuum, right? Very good saying. Because it's true. It's particularly true with kingdom. See my wallet in my pocket. (laughs) I haven't got a wallet. Don't use them. But if I had a wallet in my pocket and it's stuffed full of money, it's kind of invisible. It's almost like God can't see it kind of thing. I don't know how that works. But see if I take all that money out and I give it to the poor or something, I've created space. I've created a vacuum. And I just think God abhors that space. Something in Him sees that. And He responds to it. And so it is with our lives. In in giving ourselves... Give yourself away. Remember this. This is a great scripture on finance. A great scripture for you to live by. 2 Corinthians 9.10 Now God who supplies seed... To the sower. So you don't sow, you don't get... Do you want seed? Seed is money in this context. That's what he's talking about. God is the one who supplies seed to people who... If you don't sow, you don't get any... That's it. So you need to go to the source of your supply, receive seed, sow the seed. But look at the third bit. This same God will increase your supply and increase your store. So the way I look, here's my wallet. I empty it and nature rushes in. The kingdom rushes in and fills me up. Then I get bigger, right? Increase, increase. Then suddenly I find I gave away and yet I've got more. How did that happen? There is one who doesn't give and tends to poverty, but there's one who scatters and yet they seem to increase. Law of the universe. Law of the universe. What you've got to discipline yourself to is this bit. The giving bit. Forcing yourself, making yourself, disciplining yourself from faith and trusting Jesus to keep the vacuum going. Keep pushing it forward. Amen? Amen? Nature abhors a vacuum. And God releases the grace and the power of heaven in your favor, if you will work with him, cooperate with him on this principle. Principle number one, we reap what we sow. Number two, what goes round comes round. So you better pass it on or you're going to be disqualified. And principle number three, this is just a beautiful point. Jesus said, sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and must be the servant of all. I just love that. This, By the way, this is not a criticism. This is not an admonition. In another place it says this, do any of you desire to be an elder? A pastor? Good, it says. Good, well done. You desire an honorable thing. Good for you. And then it goes on to say, If that's what you desire, you're going to have to live like this, ABC, right? And here we have it again, but this time, it's a general thing. And what God is saying, does anyone intend to do something? Have you got a dream? Have you got something in your heart that you want, you know that you're born for? Well, how do you achieve that? And here He gives the answer. You must become the servant of all. You must find a way To reach all. To serve all. And my advice is give it freely. Serve freely. I think of Saberna last week when he was up here. That was just, I thought that was excellent. That instrumental piece that he he did last week. Not just music. Ministry. And I could feel my spirit lift. Now I was just thinking this morning, that's taken time to write because he composed that. That's taken time to write. Time to practice. And then come here and just give it away. Amen. Yesterday in Aldershot, same thing. Giving your ministry away. You received it freely, so freely give. Free give. Are you getting the principle? Give yourself away, sow into the kingdom. Find something good don't focus on the money. Focus on the goal, right? Purify that vision. Keep determined on what is ahead, on what is good, and follow that. Even the lost, Jesus is right, even the lost do this. Years ago, that movie about Thomas Edison who invented the light bulb, that was a great movie with Spencer Tracy. Uh, And it showed how he dedicated himself because people were dying in house fires because of gas and candles. And he constantly saw these deaths. And something in him burdened him. And the guy spent forever blowing up light bulbs, you know. Until he got the thing perfected, right? A mission, a goal to give something to humanity. And I believe we all have that in us in some way, shape or form. And the purpose of this short series, just six parts, but I want you to take them incredibly seriously and go back over it and analyze yourself and find whatever it is within Whatever it is within, Jesus said that, you know, the man who finds the pearl of great price in the field, right? He goes and he sells everything he has just to pursue this one thing. That is so true. But you know the tragedy? Most people never found the pearl. Most people never got a hold or discovered or done whatever they need to do to unearth that thing, to find that thing. But what he says is true. When someone sees that, everything goes towards it. Your whole life, your whole motive is driven by that one thing. And so it should be. Point five. We need to become a pervasive giver. And what I mean by that is, you show me someone who's stingy, right? And I guarantee you that person doesn't forgive too easy. Because the same heart that gives, forgives. The same heart that gives, thanks gives. And all of this, there's only one you. Only one source. And when it comes to giving, don't, because, I mean, you know what it's like. Some people will slap themselves on the back, pride themselves, I'm a great giver, but they don't forgive. That's not correct, guys. That's not even acceptable in other parts of Scripture. Jesus says, leave your gift and go and make right with your brother, right? So in terms of giving, make it pervasive Make it all-consuming, a passion, that whatever you are, whatever God has put you in this planet, to be, to become, to make it big, to make it available, and to make it free. The last point, also, is a word that I guess we don't hear that much of these days, and it's the word ought. People do things for many different reasons, and... Pastor Rick, I remember one of the first messages I ever heard him preach. It it kind of surprised me. Um, he was he was testifying, and he said the biggest. Someone asked him in a in a group, "What's the biggest pain in the neck for your life?" Kind of thing. You've done all this stuff. What's the worst thing for you? What really hurts you? And I was interested in that question. And he thought, walked in, he's thinking, you know. And the, the answer surprised me. He said. What hurts me the most is the people in Singapore. Because if I tell them to do A, B, C, they do A, B, C. But they don't do D. They only do, they do the minimum, and then they stop. And then I have to go back in and say, would you do D, E, F? They do D, E, F. <laughs> of course, he does A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know. And that, he said, I have never been able to alter that ought. Ought. They're doing it because they should. Doing it because they can. Doing it to get. Doing it for a number of reasons. But to be honest with you, from God's perspective, I should do it because I ought to do it. I should do it because it's right. Not for any other reason. And we don't sow. When we sow, we reap. Amen. But it's not my motive. I'm sowing because it's my goal. It's my vision. It's my destiny. It's what I'm born for. Above all things, I would say to you, purify that motive. Purify your heart. Some people said last week, as I said, came up to me at the end and said, I feel God is reaching inside me. And he's putting me in contact with maybe thoughts that I had 10 years ago. That I once upon a time, I had this dream. That one day, ABC, and then you know what happened? Life. Got married. 10 kids. You know the story. And I just kind of never went back to that again because things changed and it's parked. But isn't God able? God is able. And He will stir that thing up. And His timing's always perfect. Don't worry. Don't worry about a thing. Do not worry about a thing. But you just do what you ought to do. As I think back over the years, our principle this morning, I will reap what I sow. Amen. Amen. Let me emphasize the word what. You will reap what. (laughs) I will reap what I sow. I'm going to get back the same thing. So if I'm angry, I get anger. If I'm uh, patient, I get patience. If it's finance, it's finance. I'm going to reap what I sow. Wow. Need to be careful what I sow, right? I was thinking of probably one of the most outrageous, I guess, occasions of this in my personal life. It was many years ago, I was in Liverpool, and I I shared this briefly before, but I didn't tell you the whole story. I I was doing a meeting for homeless people, but there was a lot of people there. And we had a products table at the back of the hall, and the team at that time produced a very expensive box set of cassette tapes. It's a long time ago. Cassette tapes, which was something like 30 pounds. And at the end of the meeting, I did what I always did. I said, if anybody doesn't have any money, take whatever products you want. It's free. You just have it. Uh, God bless you, you see? So the meeting ended. And I was praying for people at the front. And this guy comes over to me. He's waiting to talk to me. And he says, excuse me, Pastor. See the the homeless guy? Yes, I see a dirty guy at the back. He says, that's my brother. Okay, he's trying to take one of your box sets. I told him he can't have it. Because he's homeless. He's living in doorways. I said, he can have it. He doesn't have a player. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have a bed. Right? He can have it. And the guy looked at me and said, stupid. And off he went. I carried on praying for people. A few more minutes go by. The pastor comes up. And he says, there's a homeless guy just trying to walk out with one of your boxes. Don't worry, I got it. Yeah. I said, could you go and give him the box? He said, I heard it. I know, I know, I know. Give him the box. The guy's... At the end of his life. He's sleeping in a doorway. He saw something. Why don't you just get... What's, what's wrong with you? Just give it to him. I don't care what makes sense. Just give it to him. So they give it to him. I actually remember seeing... I've never spoken to him in my life. Seeing him walk out the door. That's the only time I saw him. So there he goes. That was the lowest point. Probably of that man's life. That he had wandered into a church. Invited by his brother. In some hope that he might hear something. So off he went. But I was fine that day. How, th- how times change. A few years go by, I've only had two low points in my life. One with Jeanette, and one then. And I was walking down a street called Bold Street in Liverpool. It's about two years later. And I'm hitting just about one of the lowest moments I've ever been in. It was packed street. And I just burst into tears. And I needed to get alone. And there was an alleyway. And I started to move towards the alleyway when a booming voice, and I mean like this guy was going to get me, said, Michael McKeever," <laughs> And he was determined to get to me. And he pushed through the crowd, put his finger on me. He said, You saved my brother's life! And I looked, and it's very quickly he's coming back to me. He said, Do you remember the night You gave him that box then. Yeah. He said, next day, banging on my door, he was. I want to listen to this. And I let him in. And he sat there and he listened and he listened and he got born again. So I was amazed. And he said more than that. He said, come with me because right now he's preaching on the street. He's an evangelist for Frontline. So you reap what? So you show compassion You showed generosity. And at the moment, when you need it, God's promises to you is, I will come back. I see all things. Amen? Amen. I pray. There's so many things happening out there, I can't even share them with different cultural groups, different language groups. It's a lot taking place, folks. It's very exciting. We need everybody in this place, don't we? We need all hands on deck. We need each one of you to be the person God made you to be and to reach your day. That's what we need. So please, in terms of dreams, because that's where it comes from, God creates a dream in our heart. And then it's over to you. How you pursue that. I have been ruthless. I have been ruthless in the pursuit of my dream. I really have. I nearly bankrupted us twice. Hallelujah! I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Jeanette took it on the chin and said, "Fine, so what? We've got no money left. So what? At least you tried, huh? Isn't it? At least you tried. Sometimes you're too smart. Overwise, Bible calls it. Some, you know, sometimes being too smart. And I think God sometimes saw that and had mercy on me. Look at this guy. He doesn't know what he's doing, right? But the heart's good, yeah. So, take a risk. Step out of the boat. And see that finance? Do you know what I want you to do? Turn your back on it. It's going to serve you. You don't serve it. Money's here to serve the kingdom. The money was never a problem. Money was never a problem. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and I'll give all that to you. Not a problem. Are you up for that? Will you stand with me this morning and invite the worship team to take their place And I'm going to finish, as I say, I'm going to finish this series today, right here and right now. But I want it to be the start of something for you. The beginning of something for you. Jesus. That God has reached down inside you, unearthed, reacquainted you your purpose, your vision, your call your destiny God we thank you for LFC we thank you for all of us one and all would you lead us and guide us
1: Here and you are thinking through, and there are a lot of thoughts that is going through your heart and your mind. I want to encourage you. If you are here and you are being touched by this word that Pastor has shared today, I want you to lift up your hands. If you are here, you want to surrender your heart. There's something about you you want to give that God will take over. In the name of Jesus, I encourage you to lift up your hands this morning. It, is all, it all starts with your heart, not with your hand. If you want to give your heart away this morning, that God will use you. In the name of Jesus, I encourage you to lift up your hands this morning. And I will pray with you in the name of Jesus. If your heart is heavy, this morning if, if you believe God, your very own life unto him. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I commit these hands into your hands. Our desire, God, is that you would take absolute control of us. These hands that are lifted are in your hands today, God. And I pray that you will touch each one, each hand that is lifted up. That we will freely Surrender our hearts for you, God. That we will give our very life unto you. Father, Galatians two twenty says that we have been crucified with Christ, and we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. And that the life we live in the body we live by faith in God. These hands that are lifted, that is our heart cry. That God, you, you will be the reason why we live. He will become the center of our focus. In the name of Jesus, that just as you gave your son for us, God will give our very life unto you. In the name of Jesus, you brought us here for a purpose. We pray today, God, and we say we surrender all to you. As we sing this morning, if that is this afternoon, if that is your prayer, I want you to pray, even as the worship is sing. I give my heart away. In the mighty name of Jesus. i yeah. yeah. said today that many people have come to him that there are dreams that have been activated in their heart. We want to pray that God let it be. Let these ones give birth to their dreams in those place in the name of Jesus. We want to pray that in this set time God will intervene in the name of Jesus. That people will bear give birth to their dreams. We will see this kingdom transformed because people will take their positions in God. In the name of Jesus, you also want to pray and say, God, people, that society, that life has restricted From being who you have called them to be this afternoon, we set them loose, we set them on their course to fulfill their destiny in the name of Jesus. You want to pray? The Bible says, Out of your mouth, God has ordained power to uproot any tree that is not planted of God. This afternoon, you want to say, God, let the people of God be released into their purpose and into their destinies in the name of Jesus. That nothing will restrict us, nothing will inhibit us. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says, The whole world, awaits the manifestation of the children of God. We say, God, this is the time. Let there be a release in this atmosphere. That your people will rise up into their purpose and into their destiny. That your name will be glorified in the name of Jesus. Today, as we give our very life, we want to pray that there will be an awakening in the name of Jesus. Let there be a performance on this place. Let the people of God be restored in the name of Jesus. That there shall not be any inhibition. There shall not be any restriction. In the name of Jesus, we banish fear and anxiety. We silence the accusers of men. In the name of Jesus. And this afternoon, we pray, God, let your people be released, oh God. Let these remnants be released. In the name of Jesus. In this time and season, that your name will be glorified. In the name of Jesus. Whoever that has hit a stamping block, I prophesy today that God, let there be a clarity. Let there be a direction. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says a, a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. We pray today, oh God, that our mind and our hearts, oh God, will align towards our purposes and our destinies today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Our last prayer. You know, no one can fulfill that desire in your heart but you. And I'm telling you that if you don't do it, God will send a different person to do it. So this afternoon you want to pray and say, God, help my unbelief. Help me to overcome whatever that has become a stamping block. There is more to you that you can give than you are giving. We live in a society that we want to keep and take because we think it makes us smart. Our senses have taken over our heart that we don't do what God has planted in our spirit. And this morning, this afternoon, you want to pray and say, God, touch me. That God will fulfill your dreams in your heart. There's a dream He has planted in your heart. You want to say, God, touch me today. In the name of Jesus, God will touch you. Pray that God will touch you. He will do things that will baffle your mind. He is a God that is not limited by age. In the name of Jesus, whatever age you are now, it will not restrict what God wants to do with your life. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says, as He said it, I will not do it. In the name of Jesus, if you avail yourself, He will glorify Himself through you. In the name of Jesus. Father, this afternoon we thank you for your word. We declare, God, that the time to cross Jordan is now. And we pray, God, that you will cause your people to be lifted high. That God, the voices of men will not not restrict us from being what you say we should be. That we will go out there to bring glory to your name. In the name of Jesus. We pray God that we will be crucified with Christ. That God, our, we will not count our very life, but we will desire to please you in all we do. You will become the center of our focus. This week we commit ourselves into you. We say God watch over us protect our going out and coming in. Let your glory and your countenance overshadow us. Through it all, Lord, be glorified in our lives. May your light upon us shine, that people that see us will give glory to your name. We pray God that any heart that is believing you for a breakthrough this week, God fill our mouths with testimonies. In the name of Jesus, we cancel every plot of the enemy against us, and we declare that the people of God in this place will live. None of us will die, but we will live to fulfill the purposes of God for our lives. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the understanding of man. What God has in store for us. I pray God that in this set time, we will rise up to be what God says we are. We are more than conquerors and we thank God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I think the worship team will sing a song. Let's dance. Have a blessed week. Amen.
2: Amen. Hallelujah. Richie Joy.